Welcome to Sassholes. We are revenue ops with an edge. With decades of making interesting decisions, Jamie, Jason, Marcus, and Pete are dedicated to helping aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no BS approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in a new buyer environment. Weeks 1 and 3, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week 4, all go-to-market team kickoff and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment. Weeks 5 to 7, collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset. Week 8, all go-to-market team presentation and discussion. Winalytics, build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. Ask for Brent and say Big Pete sent you. Circles. John Ream, how you doing, buddy? Pete, I'm doing great today. How are you doing? Or is it wrong? It's it's Ream. Ream. Like a one-on-one? Like a bad uh, review? <laughs> yes, Ream, yeah. it is. Yeah, you don't want to get on my bad side. <laughs> I told you he's got a voice for a podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. No, so, thanks for being had. Jamie, why do we got him on the show? So John is a solution engineer at People AI. Pete often asks me, what is People AI doing? And then he does, when I'm not there, he does like random stuff on ChatGBT to talk about People AI. Um, Pete doesn't really know what People AI does. John Ream sort of go through, instead of the how-tos, John, let's just talk about the outcomes. And I would demo it, but you know we've got uh, we need dummy data, and I don't have access to the dummy data portal. And John does this for a living. And by the way, John is an amazing solution engineer. So I thought this that, morning you were saying that all remains to be seen. John, we did a uh, little chat GPT in our own. We created in the span of five minutes a drip campaign to compete uh, people AI against uh, HubSpot and Salesforce, and you know what. What are the differentiators? And uh, it was pretty decent when it spit back. Now, ChatGPT only goes to what twenty twenty one, like mid 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 year twenty twenty one or something. ChatGPT four is coming out soon, but I don't think it'll be released to the public. So that'll be a little more updated. Okay, so I guess what we're trying to do instead of making this one big long commercial for people AI. uh, I I do believe that there's going to be a new job out there called. uh, prompt engineer you would really have to be on your toes with critical thinking like at the sea level of companies to know what you're looking for what data you're looking for in order to ask the question so i'm kind of curious to see how somebody would use even if it's for how they would use that with people.ai to improve their their business well first let's Let's go through like some of the simple outcomes that come with people AI and where I think ChatGPT can fill in the gaps rather than um, like for those. Let's get our hands. Shared screens turn on, John. Have at it. And for those at home, what people AI is, is a, a tool for RevOps professionals and for your your go-to-market organization in general. And it it bubbles a lot of the outcomes up. If you, like I always said, and Pete, you know this, we had uh, leaders in the past that would say, I'm a data-driven sales leader. And then they would say 80% of 
the clients I talk to want this feature and the only way they'll renew is with this feature only to find out they talked to five clients and four of them said that over drinks um, while we had a hundred thousand clients, you know, that's not data driven. People AI makes you, makes you become a data driven sales leader more so than me. I'm a data guy. And I, I would say if anyone had people AI um, and I didn't, I'd be behind them no matter how much data I was trying to harness. So with that, that being said, John, why yeah, that being said, Carney, John, can you, can you sweep up after the elephant here? Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best, but that's not always the easiest to do. But, you know, what we're looking at here, we're just looking at a sales leader dashboard. This is completely embedded inside of Salesforce. So you want it to be accessible where people already work. People hate tool fatigue. They don't want a new tool, going to a new link, whatever. Let's just meet them where they're already working. So what does what makes this different than just Salesforce? Well, there's a lot of data that Salesforce, quite frankly, misses or the reps miss, you know. Having been a, a BDR in a previous life a number of years ago, I had to log activities. It was never fun, but it's part of the challenge that you have to face. Inevitably, a lot of them get lost. With People AI, let's just take the burden of uh, logging any activity with the client. Let's just leave that out of it. Let me just do my job. And People AI is going to automate all that for you and match it to the account, the opportunity, and create contacts on your behalf. So. Why does that really matter for a sales leader? Well, especially in today's macros, there's a huge focus in the SaaS space to focus on NRR. It's a little too expensive to go after new customers and you're trying to make the most with what you already have. That's the easiest way to gain new revenue at the most cost-effective way. So where does People AI come in? We can take a look at how much time are the AEs spending with prospects versus customers? No. For trying to increase NRR, probably want them spending more time with their customers than they are with new prospects. So when looking across the entire business, is your team aligned to this motion? And you can easily determine if you are or you're not. And if you're not, maybe you got to realign your team to really prioritize that focus on NRR. So Jamie, when you leverage this here at People AI, is this one of the key things that you're looking at to make sure that we're hitting the customer accounts as opposed to maybe some of the new business focus that we have. Yeah. And I do it with internal meetings as well. Like I think the, the biggest key I look at John is how much time out of the day am I, is my Salesforce team getting eaten up with internal meetings because the best customers are out in front of customers. The best reps are out in front of customers or talking to customers and if I'm taking away 20% of their time or 30% of their time in internal meetings, I then looking at all of that meetings and trying to figure out how do I, how do I tell people to stop? Targets are key here, John. So you can put in a target of what you want, max and min. And then when you click on it, you can see the people that have exceeded. Edit these targets here to whatever we want them to be. Quickly done. You can control this for those end users so they don't have insight. So now we see that we've missed our eight. AE time with prospects by 4%. So we have now the target of 20. Organizations are having hyper-focus accounts. We have 521 of these hyper 2000 focus accounts. We have low engagement. And again, engagement, sales activity, emails, inbound and outbound with your prospects, meetings set up. And we can tell that 
just 521 of our focus 2000 accounts were not hitting. So blah, 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 blah. Why do I care? Pipeline action. You know what I see? Lying action. Liars. Put in the likelihood. That's actually, that's no, that's a great point there. So that's where this is completely different. This isn't just a dashboard that's built on sales rep inputted data. In fact, sales reps don't input any data into the Salesforce um, with people AI. All your that's, email- what, that's, what, that's what I'm asking because I'm getting back to Chat GPT, which yeah, is really good for setting up a marketing structure of a drip campaign. So marketing, to me, I see the mid-level people at the marketing getting crushed unless they're going to change themselves to prompt engineers. You take the people.ai and you work with the GPT-4 API and somehow get something together there where a sales rep can say, all right, who who did we send an email? Who opened up the email? Who should I be calling today? All that type of good okay. stuff. So that's where we're trying to head to. And John, you can get into So I think to get there, we have to say where we're at today. Where we're at today, that 521 accounts, that's driven off of real data, not inputted data. That's driven off of um, a rep, hands-off keyboard, a rep calls someone, if they're using a dialer, email someone, if they schedule a meeting, that is all, if they talk to someone new, Pete, let's say they've never talked to you before. And for some reason, they email Pete Janssen's. I have no idea why they would ever email you. In fact, don't ever email Pete Janssen's is the rule of thumb. Avoid talking to him at all costs. But if you have to talk to him, as soon as someone in People AI or at a company that's using People AI talks to Pete Janssen's, you get created inside Salesforce with your uh, title and all of that created. Once again, a rep doesn't touch the keyboard to do that. Then a rep can call you, set up meetings with you. If you attend the meetings, logs the time, logs the time it said to send an email for you to respond to an email. Where we need to take this to the next level and where we're talking about taking this next level is we're giving, then we then bubble up all these insights to a sales ops person or a CRO or a, a head of sales. Imagine Pete Jansen's being the VP of uh, sales, looking up this data. This is great. Why don't we give you insights and interpretation of what to do to improve these metrics and how do you do it? And that's where the AI comes in. We're going to start incorporating that sort of like the artificial intelligence to say, hey, if I was you, this is what I would do and uh, start learning the behaviors off of that um, so that we can start feeding you a playbook of source. Carney, I'm going to throw out the potentializer. Do you see a way where we can take that real fancy Excel sheet and quickly figure out who should, of all this stuff that's listed here, who should get the first email and call by potential sales cycle quickly? It's, it's moving towards that in the future. I don't think we're quite there yet, but you are you're hitting on a key thing, you know, with Chat GPT four coming out. You know, our CEO is out at Davos back in late January, and you know the future is really moving towards those private data sets for large language models. Now, that's what but, I'm talking about, John. That's why I got you here because it's like a 
we're trying to mix up a commercial with some information of what's to happen in the future. We want to go where the puck is going to be, not where it is now. Yep. So even I'm though a big you're not fan, by the way, I'm a big Bruins fan. If you couldn't see the Boston skyline behind me. Oh, absolutely. Pakikani. Yeah. And, but what do you, I know what you have here now, where do you see it going? If you had a magic wand, what do you think will happen? And then mix in how people AI will uh, play a role. Well, so I'm going to explain this dashboard quickly, and then I'm going to tie it back to what you just said. So what we're looking at here is a deal room. Let's take a look at all committed opportunities for this quarter. Now, we're going to leverage people AI data to start to call out the BS that we're seeing. So we see this uh, Citigroup upsell is supposed to close in three days. You know, oh, we have an opportunity engagement level of 33. This means we are not high and wide in the account. We're not speaking with key personas of power. We're only 60% qualified. And our last meeting was on December 22nd. We don't have an upcoming meeting. And the key buyers that we typically meet with Sales director, VP level or higher, marketing director, VP level or higher, or ops director, VP level or higher, we haven't met with in the last seven days. We don't have a meeting on the calendar. I don't know about you, but this does not look like a real opportunity. We'll never close. So you start taking all this data, you start throwing it into the future of private data sets that aren't accessible by organizations unless they get access to this data by a provider, just like people AI. Then you start layering that into your large language model. What opportunities do we have this quarter that we can realistically close based upon the people that we're meeting with, based upon the activities we're meeting with? Who should we be meeting with that we're not to increase that average deal size? It produces more linearity in terms of consistent revenue quarter over quarter. And that's really where we're moving towards. Well, here's kind of what I'm thinking. You take all this, the data that's coming in, there's a lot of stuff here. You can be paralyzed looking at it. I want to be able to say, uh, chat GPT, I have a 15-minute one-on-one with so-and-so. How should I best organize that time in priority of things to talk with this person about? Not just activity, but other things. And give a suggested uh, framework of how what how to address, you know to talk with, with the person. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, well... Pete, you know, I'm not too familiar with your background, but obviously you've been working SAS holes in this podcast for a while. We, we kind of see all, you know, one-on-ones between a leader and their sales rep is it's kind of story time of what's happened in the past. Okay, who have you been meeting with? What activities have you done? Let, let's get beyond that. Let's stop looking in the past. Let's, let's go to a data-driven approach where we understand what's happening. Let's start talking about what we need to do to close one of these opportunities. So it's the same, okay, regenerate answer <laughs> what okay who cares about the past what should i focus on with this person over the next two weeks in priority take all this data and give me some text to think about having a conversation so it doesn't just turn into how many dollars you do last week how many emails did you do last a week a classic example of that would be you know rep joe schmo has uh, an oracle land for 500k for this quarter for an upside however he hasn't met with procurement yet or legal we know that takes two and a half months itself how are you going to close it this quarter if you haven't even started speaking with them yet and it should Keep be automatically kicked out that's kind of my point kicked out his recommendations yeah exactly that's, what that's where we're moving we're towards. moving to is to start 
we have something called out Engage in Dashboards Plus that that's where we're moving to is to start sending out recommendations on deals, recommendations on reps, on coaching and, and interpreting this data. Now, we're not going to be perfect at it, but it's a it's artificial intelligence, right? So the more we train it, start making that uh, recommendations and asking for feedback, the smarter and smarter it becomes. GPT is open source. Now everybody's making up their own open source. Stanford did it for 600 bucks. I saw somebody else did it. Is it conceivable that AI, people AI can make up their own open source chat? I I think that, go ahead, Jamie. I think that is our our CEO's uh, question to answer, not us, but do I uh, do I think that's what we're that's why it's a podcast. I'm not okay. Insert company name here. People are all facing this right now. This is all new stuff. Well, the way now I it's... look at it is the companies that are dealing with messy that are dealing with the difficult messy data, which by the way, go to market data is very messy, are the ones that are going to be really engaged with Chat GBT or that type of technology in the future. The companies that are not dealing with data, but are an analytical layer on top of the data, if you're thinking about it still in the data world, those companies are threatened by chat GBT. Um, I'll make it real simple. Isn't it conceivable if from the top level, I don't even know who your CEO is. I just know CEOs in general and investors. If you could somehow just get objective data from everybody, you should be able to input that based yeah. on market conditions and say, what should our quotas be? Right. Right. Yeah. So well, there's something at the critically thinking at the top level, there's something that there's a disconnect between investors, CEOs to the CROs, that there's some objective data that there's isn't a question that can be answered to be able to spit. Because you have to put, if you put garbage in, you get garbage out, right? I, I think I remember something like that, so, right? Pete, why don't throw something in here? Hit me. Like you just said, you throw garbage data in, you get garbage data out. You know, you leverage chat GPT. It has all the data of the internet, blah, blah, blah. But what it doesn't have is it doesn't have specific data for specific organizations. Oleg, our CEO at Davos, he saw a demonstration of a Microsoft AI uh, negotiation taking place. Let's put up an AI uh, chat GPT-like data-driven model to negotiate with your buyer. Now, they instantly solve the negotiation instantly. But what's a little bit unique is what data does each one have? Now you start entering in the private data sets that people AI can provide. It gives that edge of how much that buyer wants to buy the product. It enables that AI engine to best negotiate on behalf based upon the need that it knows that the buyer has. Then you start to get some interesting thoughts going on. So underlying the data is key in this entire premise that you're talking about. Yeah. Private data. It's not yeah, just as I recall, else, but for your organization. As I recall, the, uh, the AI that sort of won that negotiation was the one that sat on more of the data than the other one that had a smaller subset of the data. And therefore that one that wins, as, as long as it keeps negotiating, will always have an advantage unless they can go and acquire more data to make it more competitive. It was, what was also fascinating was 
they had this negotiation going back so that humans could read the negotiation. And then at one point, I believe they paused and said, uh, do you want us to do it in um, uh, AI form? And then the uh, uh, the communication was so fast that a human couldn't read it. And what would have taken eight hours for them to read the back and forth on, it took 30 seconds um, or, or some something ridiculous like that. And that that's where we're headed. So are we leaning in on that? Yes, of course, because we're a dirty data-driven company. Yeah, but how do you get around the bullshit of the likelihood to close 75%, 50%? It's gone, which at once you're all, able, all gone. Once you're able to get that, first of all, the forecast call is the most, and, and people hear me say this. I've never heard you say this before, Jamie. Yeah, is the biggest waste of time in a corporate environment. The forecast is the most god awful uh, experience. It sucks so much time out of the organization when you should be out there selling. When I look at internal meetings, half the meetings are internal deal review calls and all this. Chat GBT should be able to produce real uh, a real sort of baseline forecast that you could then look at and say from the top level going, yes or no, I think this is going to happen or not. Um, there's obviously going to be some deals that you, know, you might want to look at individually but i don't need to have a weekly call to do that chat gbt does it for me well it's going to be up to the leadership to make sure that the reps are putting in the information correctly i mean that goes without saying that and it and they never think do. they're going to they no, never did before they, what's they never, why, why are they going to do it now right so no, that's not, that's the point they're not going to what's let's, let's just not they're have not going to that's why you have that's why you invest in people ai yeah. for you I, I i know but look you can count the calls, you can count the emails, you can look at the length in between. At the end of the day, the person on the uh, on the other end of the phone, that's the unknown. We'll start coupling that activity data alongside some conversational intelligence AI. And at the same time, it's you got to remember it's not in in Pete and in in the world of where we're at today to where we we're going to be we're focused on where we're going to be people AI, which is you know good and bad but it's all about who you talk to so engagement if you look at a lot of these tools and you just said i'll count the calls and all of this stuff if if let's say i john let's say i wasn't i wasn't married and i'm calling trying to get in touch with the ceo and the ceo conversation with the ceo is is important but I'm constantly talking to the EA. I'm talking to the EA. I'm going out to lunch with the EA, because and I might get engaged with that EA, EA. But that's the wrong engagement that the company judges. I need to talk to the CEO. So if you really want um, an understanding of who you're talking to and, and the truth serum on that, you've got to know who you're talking to and how long you're talking to them. So therefore, if I want a business outcome engagement, I got to get with the CEO. A lot of the tools out there, they're just counting. They're counting conversations you're having with the company, no matter what the level is. If you want to talk or you need to talk to the CEO, you need to have that dirty data, which is very dirty. How do I get to the CEO? How do I talk to them to get the right engagement? I think there's an opportunity for enablement, training, where the the reps that are coming in, you, whatever this data is that you need to have this role play going back and forth, to see if somebody has the aptitude 
to be able to go in a national accounts team to to do something beyond tr- transactional, right? You know, Pete, that's hysterical. I I just had a rep. Uh, no, it's funny. I had a rep go through a presentation on an account. Uh, we're trying to hire for a national, uh, a, a, a major, a strategic enterprise level account. And he was looking at an account and saying how people AI could help, you know, being an outsider. You know what I used to compare what he was doing? It was not good. Chat GPT. I said, tell me about what the values are at this company. How would you sell people AI to this company? And Chat GPT spot out five bullet points. And I was like, this guy didn't hit any of them. It wasn't a great presentation. Oh, yeah. You messaged out and went out to the entire org. Yeah. I was like, you could have just chat GBT'd it, and I would have been like, wow, this guy's amazing. Well, that's that's kind of what I, I'm thinking about, Carney, because back when we worked together, back when chatbots were just starting, the whole goal that we had was to be able to eliminate low-value recurring activities, right, so you can move people up. So instead of a rep wheeling around in their chair to ask a manager something, they they could go to something like this. Now it seems like it's here if we can train it up. Yeah. What would be the what would be the first thing that would you would use chat GPT for? Not at people AI, but at a company like people AI. Well, I mean, I'd want it, I mean, I'd want it to harness the go-to-market and marketing data. Who are we interact who are we interacting with? Who should we be interacting with? Marketing. Yeah, marketing. And how do we interact with? So like I was even showing a rep today or go, go in here, like for some of your um, uh, accounts that, we, you know, we, we prioritize accounts like hyper-focused and, and here are your other accounts. These, you could send out cadence type of emails just by going to chat GBT, typing in, here's the company. Uh, how would people AI sell to it and grab the bullet points off it and send it in an email. Takes what are their time. biggest initiatives that were listed as their priorities based on the last annual 10k or it's anywhere on the web right? not always public anywhere on the web and what i'm saying is take it out of the rep's hand ask the question shoot it to them that you are x amount to quota based on your account set and the sales cycle your likelihood for success would be go here here and here here are the talking points and going and it, it should be all laid out do you see that happening yeah i mean it, it is going there, but there will always still be that element of, you know, personal relationships, like priorities, you know, understanding who it is, how to best position. Like, yeah, data will get you a lot of the way there, but it's not going to. All that stuff you said, John, you, I'm not saying you sound defensive there, but all that subjective stuff, every that's the argument that people say that why, well, you still need the human element. And what I'm saying at the top level, there's has to be some critical thinking. The person on the other other end of the phone they were all with you for two weeks or whatever. They're going to buy something happened you don't know about. There's no data you're going to be, be able to put in other than they said no, right? No, no you're absolutely right. You know, so how do we, how consulting do we, came out of nowhere, was higher up than you, stole your budget right from under you. So let's just look at a bell curve, all right? So let's just say that's an outlier, 5%, 2%, whatever for the company average. All right, that's one of the outliers. We'll put it over here. And that becomes somewhere in the drip campaign that we'll deal with. Here's the next one that you'll have a likelihood of success going down and just force it to them that this is what they got to do. Or is that too authoritarian, Carney? No, I don't think it's at all. I mean, I, at the end of the day, it's it all depends on the data that you have at your fingertips. 
right? At the end of the day, that's all of this works if you have the right data. The assumption is leadership is strong. And if the reps don't put in the right data, we eliminate the reps and put somebody who will put in the right data, right? Or yeah, or you buy software to put in the data for you on your behalf. And then, <laughs> and, right? then and then you can say, this rep isn't getting us enough data. Then, then the reps are more data. Uh, you know, then you really think about it. The reps are really, which reps are able to get us more and more better and richer data, right? See, the way you could sell me is people AI is like a RevOps assistant that you don't have to pay FICA to. That sound about right? I don't know about FICA to, but yeah. Like, well, no, I mean, you're not paying any bonuses to. It's like a fixed cost that you can have assistant on the RevOps side to make sure the right data is going in versus having... How many ops people, how many, how many people have ops analysts on their team that their Monday call, you remember this probably at, um, at, at our previous company, since we can't say the name where the, uh, the SSA would call all the reps and say, please enter in all your activities from last week before we look at it this week. That's what I'm bringing up. Yep. Poof, that's gone. You, you put people AI in that, that role is eliminated, which by the way, Reps hate that role and the SSA hated that, uh, those emails. You know what I mean? Like, and hey, they both hated each other for corresponding about it. Yeah. And then it's, it, they just hate that entire interaction. That's gone with people AI. And then you get all that data, you harness all that data, and then you can start doing some really cool crap on top of that. And what I'm trying to do to get past the commercial is, okay, Salesforce just bought you guys. It's already in there. Now what? Like what's... Now you know the data is right. What does the future look like for sales leadership? Do you think the span of control can change from eight to ten to one to sixteen to one or twenty to one, if if they had uh, all this uh, information at their fingertips? All except the personal element, right? So I think which, I think all which of is the, what? Well, I think all of the the daily activity stuff is gone, right? Because that could be handled off. The personal element of, um, you know, I. I don't feel like that's I'm, what companies got to figure out right there. If you that's what's missing from Chachi, whatever that touchy feely personal element of the person that you're dealing with. Yeah. Right. But how can they get around that? That's people. People are emotional human beings. You can't get, around I know. Them. And look, we can get into the disc assessments and all that stuff to give you a, not that it's a be all end all, but can, Say, hey, look, here's how you, there are certain members of the population you can address that way. There's certain people that you cannot. The people that you cannot, they're more, there's more time suck dealing with them. And they may not be the ideal person at the company. They may be ideal person at another company. And that's kind of where recruiting comes in. You see how all this stuff is kind of, because just like you're doing a role play with, uh, a role play with the sales rep, it's a role play on the interview that the recruiter needs to determine, Is it, does this person kind of fit in the, again, assessments aren't 100%, but all, all we're looking for is an edge. If, you know, if you get the data that can shed light on why one rep is a C, a C rep and can get the data to help highlight how for them to become a B rep or a B rep become an A rep, you know, even just adjust that by just one to two percent per rep that's going to make a pretty immense impact well don't they say that your top reps are going to be your top reps no matter what 
the the losers are going to lose no matter what. It's the the middle seventy percent or so that if you can get just a couple points progress on it, that that's where where it makes a difference. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is again, if you're talking about the people, the people element is you have to make sure you're onboarding the right people. What's the right people? Anything that mimics success of current people that are successful. Again, it's not a hundred percent. But for a company that's not even trying to do anything like that, that that could be a that could be the wiggle room that could determine whether you do the layoffs or not. So now the real question is: Is Chat GBT Skynet? And am I Miles uh, Dyson from Skynet? Terminator Three—that's the computer that took over the world and robots rule the world. Skynet Technologies. We need to take Chat GBT down. The more you're talking about it, Pete. I think that I think it deals with structure versus actual frontline tactics because it's not I don't know. I haven't checked out four yet. I did see it, you know, come out, but it'll still say, you know what, I need more information or I need more training. But I think as more inputs, you know, go in there, look, we're not the only uh, people talking about how this will improve sales. Right. Everybody's trying to figure this thing out. And kind of what I'm trying to do is. It all starts at the very top level on this people element, this objective thing. What is differentiation? How do we know a a good employee from not a good employee or a productive one from not a productive one? Taking politics out of the side. I think those are the answers that need that need to be had in order to put you're talking about data. That's what GPT needs is the data to go in. And those questions need to be answered. You know, who do we want to keep on? How many people do we want to make quota? You know what I mean? Everybody hems and awes on that one. Well, it depends. Depends on what, you know? Two thirds, oh, okay. 100%. Or 100%. Or 30%. I really want them to. It's just stupid. Quit. And then I mean, it, now then we're, it, we're not even talking about what the product that's being sold is. Now we're like, oh, the quota is going to be this. You know, there's so many different aspects that go into it. Imagine ChatGBT, like right now you can tell there's room for this, for consolidation and all of that. The amount, as a buyer, you know, uh, of any products in the go-to-market space, you get hit up 50, 60 times by the same or similar type of products, right? I should almost have ChatGBT tell me, is it worth the time to, uh, to talk to these people or not? Right? Exactly. What are the products that exist out in this world? That can make me incrementally better. Who should I be talking to with all the data that's in there? And that's it. Do you fit that criteria? No. This is what you need to do in order to fit in that criteria. Well, I guess the one thing I started thinking about, if you take that type of approach, there's not much information on that given product. What if it's a, what if it's the next snowflake out there, but there's not much information about it. It tells you it's not worth your time. Well, you could very well be wrong there. What about that? I mean, That uh, that means marketing sucks. Well, yeah, that does mean marketing stinks because they're not putting their values out there. And the product's too hard to understand. And there's going to be, like Steve Jobs, you know, he said uh, people didn't know what they wanted to buy and therefore he created the iPhone. So you show it to him. You show it to him, right? So if they're not showing it to him, then it's, you know, yes, the first time Snowflake was out on the marketplace, no matter what marketing was out there, if you use ChatGPT, they'd say, no, don't waste your time. But 10 times, you know, a couple months later, there should be enough marketing out there for ChatGPT to understand. 
I, the future for companies, I believe, from the people that I've talked to on here, because I'm just in my basement, I'm not doing any of this stuff, but I am talking to people who are, there has to be some type of freemium element where there's a governor on usage. So people try it for a little bit to get a little taste, and then they want a little bit more, then you offer a little bit more, a little, little bit more, and then there you go. And that's, uh, I think it's called product-led growth, Carney. Yeah, PLG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chat GPT can, that could be the first element of entering the funnel of this. And that's kind of where I'm questioning things. The, the, the way the technology is changing and the way the market is becoming more efficient, everybody ha- has the same access to the same data that, that that's out there. Why do these sales quotas exist? If they're so important, why are companies going into the second quarter of the year not giving out the quotas because they have no fucking idea? Why shouldn't people be paid a salary? And we're getting to the old stuff here is if you're paying 100% salary to somebody, that means that failure is not an option. You're paid this money to bring in this amount. Either you did or you didn't. If you didn't, you have X amount of time to fix that or outski, bring somebody else in. Unpack that, Carney. I, you know, my thoughts on that. I'm, I'm actually a proponent of that. So, John, so you don't know, like uh, Pete and I have said for years um, that variable upside should be removed, and everyone should just be paid their salary and then judged on that and paid for what they, their value. So, if somebody is, if you're bringing in a rainmaker, right, or somebody's an amazing rat. Don't pay them 200, 200, pay them 400 if you think they're worth 400. Or if you're expecting them to make 600, pay them 600 and then expect them to get that done rather than them being stressed about hitting to their variable. And if they don't get it done, you can you you have the ability to sort of say, okay, it's time for me to move on from this. Invest. Okay, I guess from an outsider perspective, I hear that. I understand where you're coming from, but I start to think about you know, a lot of people, they don't end up quite hitting the mark that you expect them to. Now, next thing you know, you're hiring the wrong people. They're supposed to hit a given number and then they don't. Now you're back to square zero. Then you have to go rehire again. What happens if it happens again? You fire the recruiting team. <laughs> the other big problem with this entire thing where it breaks down, John, and I I, I, I do go back and forth on it all the time, is uh, the political environment. You know, getting rid of somebody is not as easy as you think and uh, and the way we're a litigious society. So we might not think you're doing the right work and and you're not doing everything you need to. It doesn't mean we're not going to get sued and then it becomes a uh, lawsuit heaven. Of course, and you budget that in. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you're, you're budgeting in non-performance. What are you talking about? You're, the, under, the overperformers have to budget for the underperformers. You decide to keep on. So it's it it's just one big game, that's all. And now that we have people that dot AI that can can help cleanse the data going in, because everybody, what people are buying, a predictable, predictable source of revenue coming in, right? That's what people want, right? So how is it predictable? Well, you have historical data to look at that says when these things happen on a bell curve, three standard deviations, I think we can with 99% re- reliability say this will happen. And that's what investors are looking for, right? And that's what you guys are doing to put the data in. Now, ChatGPT can help 
somewhere along the way, whether you build your own, because all it is is a fancy chatbot that we were talking about eight years ago, Carney. It just it spired more to the the information on the web, right? Oh yeah, it's a lot. What we were doing, what you were doing, and I, I was enjoying watching was uh, bringing in a chat GB to handle all your internal questions from an enablement standpoint. And then we started doing it online and it learned, right? Every time we got a question that we couldn't answer, you and I would go in and answer that question. So well, that, that would be going to training that says, look, these are the, the queries that came up at the top of the list. Sounds to me like we got to have a training on this, knock it out. Agreed. Right. But if you recall, when we were doing that, there were a lot of times people were asking questions that weren't answered inside the chat GB or the chat bot that we had. And we had to go in and put in the answer so that the next time the variation comes along. Train it. I mean, but that also means we're entering in data, right? So it's all about the data. We were building up our own data one by one by one. What you need is when you install something when you install a software that is focused on data, and I think that's anyone should be buying any software, it should just be a data foundation type of a software that can go and grab not only your current data, but historical data and bring that in. Now all of a sudden you're sitting on a, a, a gold mine. All these huge companies that are out there that are spending all this money with these reps, cold calling and dialing and emailing and all of that. If you're not recording everything that they're doing and storing it somewhere, which they're not, they're helping the reps enter it in, you're missing out on a huge data uh, grab that you could be doing in the marketplace, which you're sitting, you're then sitting on so much data that you have a huge leg up on your competition. Well, John, you, you would be the prompt engineer. I mean, it's sort of like coding, coding, you take a big line of stuff and you make it really make it compact. Instead of asking four questions, you want to ask one question for speed you know, to get the answers that you're looking for. I I think prompt engineering, RevOps, I, I think that, w wait for the, what, the chief prompt engineer or the, is that going to be the next C-level, Cardi? Yeah, prompt engineer. The chief prompt engineer. Chief prompt CP, CPE. Mm. Or AI, chief AI officer or something, because... Yeah. Ideally, if you have the right data coming in, all you need is a C-level. What do you need other people for? Thoughts, John? Yeah, well, I mean, we're not we're not there yet, I'll say that. Look, people AI is going to help make sure you got the clean data going in. So let's just assume all the data is clean. You still need to prioritize and have something Instead of a, a C-level looking at all this stuff, you should have a spit out that says, based on where you are and where you need to be, you should be doing this. Check Next off the box action. and just, right, action, right. So it's do it, do it or don't do it, right? And then if they don't do it, that's where leadership comes in. And so I think that's how it's going to go. I mean, the point that we're trying to get to is, we don't just want reps to do it because we want them to do it. We want them to do it because it's going to make them more money and then the, thus the company more money. So then they're incentivized to do it. Then you don't have to have that whole trust but verify aspect. Again, you're getting an incentivize. <laughs> Tap motivates behavior, right? And 
let's just say half of your comp isn't guaranteed. That means you only have half of the control over that person to do it. That gets into the whole nother issue, Carney. But this is the type of stuff that if you want good, clean data, cleaner, cleaner data, well, while they're still out there before they get bought, okay, people.ai, <laughs> talk to John, talk to Jamie Carney. Carney, how do they get a hold of you guys with a hot lead? Just go to people.ai. If you want to. Yeah, uh, that sounds so personal. If you want a, um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn, um, jamie.carney um, in Chicago. Connect with me, direct message me, same with John Rehm. If you want to take a look at the tool, just go and fill a demo request. That usually gets oh, you. Oh, I'm a- looking at the tool. Um, we'll it down it's both. all about, it's all about automating the dirty data. And, and, you know, to me, honestly, as a rev ops guy, as an ops guy in general, you don't want to automate the complex. You want to automate the mundane. And that's what we're trying to do is automate the mundane. And that's very dirty. But if you automate the mundane, you, you can, you can do more with less by not having those ops people calling reps in the horrible. And then you're sitting on a mound of data that maybe you're not able to use today but you can use tomorrow. Maybe you're not ready for that. But when you are ready, when the whole market has moved to chat GBT or has moved that way, you have compiled that data and are not missing out on the situation to, to change or pivot when that's the case. So I would say reach out to us at people.ai, hit anyone up in, on LinkedIn that you see. Uh, we all work together as a team. We're a small but scrappy startup. Go fill out a demo request if you want to take a look at the product. Um, might just get a demo again from myself. You might get it from John, right? Or just a link to this show. See how it works. Go, f- yeah. I'm yeah, obviously I'm a co-host on the Sassholes, so you can always hit us up on Sassholes as well. But look yeah. at the end of the day, you want to free up your most valuable asset, which is your people, to work on the highest possible things that they could be working on that can give you a, an output, right? Yes. Okay. People should be selling. If you hire sales reps. You want them selling, not entering in administrative bullshit tasks, tasks for the corporate uh, team to do. Well, if it's a good enough product and simple enough to use, you probably don't even need sales reps. You just need a good e-commerce to click and make it work, Carney. Anyways. There are, I, I won't even get into that. <laughs> but I agree with you. We'll get there. We're just ahead all of right. Hey, any product that needs a, a, a manual to use is too complicated. Elon Musk. Hey, John, way to put up with this crap, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, Pete and Jamie, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this is, we're, we're like barstool in the boardroom. <laughs> I never last in the boardroom that long. All right, boys. He hasn't. He's. I've been there where he slammed his hand down and said, I'm not fucking needed and walked out. I really wasn't. Here I am doing a podcast. I know. (laughs) All right, guys. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks.
Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in a new buyer environment. Weeks one and three, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week four, all go-to-market team kick off and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment weeks five to seven collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on a shared journey to a new mindset week eight all go-to-market team presentation and discussion winalytics build the revenue organization you want request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com ask for brett and say big pete sent you